0: Listener supported W N Y C Studios.
1: Helen Hunt. Oh what a my god, goddamn I love saint. Helen Hunt. Her what voice. a voice. Oh my god. Everything. Just, just so beautiful to me. Mad About You is one of my favorite
2: sitcoms oh my of, all, of all time.
1: Dude,
3: she fucking killed it in Twister.
2: It terrifies most scientists.
3: It's like, who knew? Wrap a belt around you and then tie it to a fucking pole in the ground in a barn. It's so And you realistic. can be
1: in the middle of a tornado like you always dreamed. We trained. got cows. Yeah. It's really, it was the most accurate representation of what tornadoes are like, in my opinion. Another
3: cow. If you're, like, involved in weather, you're, like, a meteorologist and you listen <laughs> to Tudo Queens. So much
1: weather going on. Al Roker, what
2: up? I actually, I had nothing to do with it. If
3: you agree with us when we say, like... Twister was so accurate. My sound is
2: accurate.
3: Hashtag DJ Khaled. <laughs> and amazing. DJ Khaled. I'm Jessica Williams. And I'm Phoebe Robinson. And you're listening to Two Dope Queens. And we got an extra special show coming at you because it is Phoebe's mother birthday show,
1: y'all. Yeah, we got kill a killer lineup because, you know... It's my birthday. It's gotta be the best. And it was the best. I turned 32. It's a great age to be in life. It was so fun. You were so
3: beautiful, dude. You're, like, beautiful every
1: day. But, like,
3: the outfit you wore was cray-cray banana. She wore, like, the shortest pink skirt. And then she wore, like, a crop top that said black is beautiful. But it was in, like, Barbie font. Yeah. And I was like, damn, this is, like, lit. You're like a fucking black Barbie. (laughs) Anyway, in this episode, we got Joe Mandy, Naomi Paragon and Emily Heller. And it was recorded live at the Bell House. Ooh, what a celebration. Hi. Hey. What's up, everybody? Hi. Welcome to Tudo Queens. It's Phoebe's motherfucking birthday. It's how you know, because we were playing that trash-ass YouTube music okay. before she came out.
1: It's my birthday! <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: Nah, that was dope. I like that song, I guess. Okay,
1: great. No, well, you... It reminds me of, like, a white wine spritzer. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, there's a lot of shade for you two. But come on, that's a good song. Did you guys enjoy that UT song? Good answer. Good it's answer. It's just me with my old hate ass. You know I hate <laughs> Happy
3: birthday. Thank you.
1: Thank you. You look
3: amazing. Wow! thanks. You look really hot. What's the story? What's the outfit story? Okay,
1: so I'm turning, the, the clock strikes midnight, and I'm turning 32. Uh, so I'm wearing a, a skirt from Forever 21. <laughs> I'm holding on real hard to my youth. Uh, and this skirt is short, so just no up the skirt shots. Just I'm scared you about said, this. no up the skirt yeah, shots. Yeah, because I don't want I know any setting movement, it might just fly up. So just this no, you know, crossed. we're all
3: adults here, hopefully. <laughs>
1: Um but yeah, no, I I requested uh last show to have uh YouTube music be played before it came out because I knew it was gonna piss Jess off. So
3: I don't know. I was just
1: texting her. I, I watched this
3: documentary recently uh while I was on Shrooms um, about uh the Edge, Jack White and, and Jimmy Page. Yes.
1: <laughs> and
3: I didn't know, like I always like Razz Phoebe because she just texts me Photos of <laughs> the members of YouTube two, and just and the next text that she sent me is like, "Would you smash?" Um, so she does that like once every couple weeks, um, and so I had never gotten to see the Edge like move before because I right. now actively avoid anything that they do, um, <laughs> especially since they forced everybody to
1: download their album. Okay. Um, Okay, that was... They were, like, trying to innovate. It didn't work, but... But it's also, like, so rude
3: to assume that every single person <laughs> on the planet is gonna want to download
1: your bullshit. Okay, but you could easily, like, take it off your... I, like, I kept it on my phone, obviously. But you could easily take it off your phone, right?
3: Mm. No? No, Yes. Yeah. <laughs> See, Some people actually have it and listen to it, and they're like, no, it just stays there. I don't know why. <laughs> it's What's like the about? Compass app on your phone.
1: You're like, I don't know what the fuck this yeah, is. Yeah, like, why is this here? It's like, let us delete this. Let us delete it. Okay, so you watched this
3: documentary. Yeah, I watched the documentary, and I was like, okay. oh, he's, like, kind of got it going on. It's like a little beanie, just hearing him talk passionately about, like the first song he performed and, like, meeting Bono or Bono or whatever the fuck you say his name. (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah, he's pretty beautiful. (gasps) Okay,
1: all right. And he just seems so zen. So we should go to a YouTube concert. I think this is the next step. (laughs) For those listening at home, Jess just made a face like, I'd rather just shoot myself in the vagina. But I
3: feel like the YouTube (laughs) concert is going to be me- looking at you crying and that's (laughs) like no bra like no shoes just hands up (laughs) sobbing (sighs) and that's That's like literally my fucking nightmare no
1: I no I wear a push up bra because I went remember I went to one of the concerts and the edge winked at me from the stage (laughs) really yeah so was playing guitar he was just like (laughs) <laughs> it was like really cool. But he didn't play the guitar that horribly. Wait, when wearing really a cool. push
3: up bra, what kind of outfit are you rocking?
1: Uh so one of the nights I had like a little like deep V neck T shirt and like you know, like jean shorts that are really short. I'm like cash, like I'm a casual person. Yeah. But I'm also cute. You're so like that was that down was to the like story. make out in the bathroom. Right, like it's fine, Larry Mullen, get over here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who? <laughs> He's the drummer. What's his name? Larry Mullen Jr. There's like a dude in the band named The Edge.
3: (laughs) And your name's fucking Larry? (laughs) Are you just trying to get exponentially less
1: poon than anybody else in the band? Larry's good looking. He's like ripped. Sure. 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 I'm just. I we should go to a concert. We'll be by the stage, so you can really feel the U2 experience. I
3: feel like all their stuff sounds so um, bad, but also. Oh my god! Stadium, me like it feels it is like very, very important. Like it's like yeah. Like I feel like that open quality. Yeah. Is something that just makes it seem better than it is.
1: Well, that's wrong. So, I just think the whole... Con- I think taking it in. I'm going to go, for We're going to take it in. Okay. It'll be great. And then we could do something you want to do. What's something you want to do that I'm always taking a dump on?
3: Um, and I will
1: gladly do it with you. I don't know. See, because I... I'm a supportive.
3: Uh, nah, there's, like, stuff that you you become a hating ass with me on, for sure. Um... I'm just trying to think. Um,
1: There's I'm trying to get you to do <laughs> shrooms. <laughs> um, well, I'm excited that we're going to go see you two together. When um, are they going to be here? Uh, probably next year. Ooh, I'm busy. No. <laughs> I will buy tickets wow. for every night that they're here.
3: <laughs> you guys ready for more show? Oh, yeah.
1: Our next act, he is, oh, so funny. He's been killing it. He's been like a riot for Parks and Rec. Like literally every funny TV show in the world, he's been a part of it. Please get up for Joe Mandy!
4: Thank you. It's great to be here. It's good to be back in New York. I lived here for so long. I lived in Brooklyn, and that's where I realized that I'm, um, I'm racially ambiguous, I learned, living in Brooklyn. Um, my whole life, no one's ever been able to c- c- quite figure out what I am. But I learned that wherever, wherever I am, people just assume I'm one of them. Does that make sense? Like I lived in South Williamsburg for seven years and the whole time I lived there, it's like a very Puerto Rican neighborhood. Everyone just assumed I was Puerto Rican. I'm not, but I'd walk down the street and I'd hear people yell, like if they, people were trying to get my attention, they'd be like, Poppy. Poppy. And then I'd eventually turn around and be like, What? Me? No. <laughs> I'm not poppy. I'm not anything close to Poppy. <laughs> so that's my New York experience. Uh I moved out to LA four years ago, moved to a neighborhood of Los Angeles called Little Armenia. Sure. (laughs) All I learned is that everyone there thought I was a little Armenian. One of my best friends in LA, she's a a black woman. Not to brag. She's very cool. She's, her name's Aisha. We were coworkers for years. And um, she just recently told me that even though we worked together for four years, uh, she just recently told me that the first six months we worked together, she thought I was black. <laughs> yeah. She was like, I just thought you were a light-skinned black guy. And I was like, Aisha, for real? That's the nicest thing anyone <laughs> has ever said to me. I'm a 33-year-old Jewish man. That's all I've ever wanted to hear. All I've ever wanted was for a black person to be like, oh, I thought you were black, you know? She said that, and, like, confetti cannons went off behind me. I just, uh, I just visited my parents in, in Philadelphia, and that's always uh, frightening. I'm scared of my parents still. <laughs> I'm a grown man. Still scared of my parents. It always uh, throws people off because my parents don't look scary. Like, my mom doesn't seem scary at all. She's, like, five foot two. Like, 110 pounds, very sweet, but it's all, like, it's all a, a ruse. Like, my mom, the only thing I can compare her to is, like, the the dinosaur that kills Newman at the end of Jurassic Park. Like, she seems so tiny and sweet, but if you piss her off, her eyes turn red, the, like, neck blades fan out, and she, like, spits venom in your face. Like, my mom is a fucking killer, man. She is terrifying, Best example of that was when I was 10 years old. I lived in, uh, I grew up in New Mexico. I was born in Albuquerque. And, uh, <laughs> sure. And I was playing in the front yard when I was 10. And the front yard, like, in New Mexico, your front yard is just, like, gravel and cactus, right? So I was just, like, playing in cactus. And all of a sudden, about, like, 10 yards away from me, the ground started bubbling up. Like, this brown liquid started bubbling up. And I... F- Got excited, I was like getting my mom's attention. I was like, mom, look, oil, we struck oil. (laughs) My mom immediately was like, that's not oil, that's our septic tank, that's (laughs) human shit, you know? (laughs) My dad was out of town, so my mom, she calls the septic tank repair guy. He comes to our house. And in my recollection, like, the guy gets out of his car. He's, like, seven feet tall, 400 pounds, comes into our house and sees my tiny mom and just sees this opportunity to to upsell, right? So he's trying to convince my mom that we need a brand-new septic tank, and my mom's not having it. She's like, you just have to fix this one part. And they go back and forth. They start arguing, and it gets, like, really heated, right? And at one point, the guy, just towering over my mother, he goes, listen, lady, just because I pump shit for a living doesn't mean I'm stupid, And my mom, without hesitating, just went, actually, that's exactly what it means. (laughs) Just venom, right? I was just standing there at 10 years old, just like, holy shit, you can talk to people that way? That is so cool. And this man was three times my mom's size. He could just, could have crushed her like a Mountain Dew can, you know, but those words fucked him up on such a, like, existential level that he was just like you're right I'm stupid I'll fix your septic tank my dad was even scarier my dad's job when I was growing up he was a juvenile prosecutor and I don't know if you know what that means he put kids in prison when I was a kid my dad put other kids in prison so needless to say it wasn't the chillest vibe in the Mandy household growing up. (laughs) My dad retired a couple years ago, and I don't know how to handle that, because since he's retired, he's he's become much less scary. He's become very soft and sentimental, and that freaks me out. Like Last time I was home last year, we were watching a basketball game, and when the game was over, he turned the TV off. It was just me and him in the living room. He turns the TV off, and he goes, "Um, Joseph, have I ever told you about my happiest memory And I was like, what? No. What are you talking about? And he goes, I was just thinking about this the other day. Uh, Joseph, I don't know if you remember, but um, when you were 10 years old, your mother and I, we bought you a Sega Genesis for Hanukkah. And you you wanted that Sega so bad. You've been asking for it for months, and and we gave it to you. And on that first night of Hanukkah, you opened up that gift, and and you were so happy. You started jumping up and down and screaming, and you, you kissed me on the cheek. And to know that I could bring another person that kind of joy, if I could freeze my life in any moment, it would be right there when, when I gave you that Sega. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, Dad, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> but in my head, I was like, shit, shit, shit. So a little backstory. Uh, <laughs> when I was 10 years old, I knew where my parents hid presents, right? And so one day, my parents went to the grocery store, and when I knew they were gone, I ran into my dad's closet, looked under his sweaters. Sure enough, there was this giant, wrapped, rectangular present. And like a little spy, I opened up the scotch tape and saw the beautiful word, Sega Genesis. And obviously, out loud, I was like, fucking finally! You know? (laughs) So then, as I was closing the present back up, I don't. I, I, I was like a little idiot I tore the corner of the present and it, I can't even express to you the sheer terror I lived in for the next five or six weeks my, my worry my dad was going to like get chilly put on a sweater <laughs> see this tampered present and then like send me to jail or whatever <laughs> he did for a living like the stakes were so high and like Somehow, no one noticed the tear. My parents put out all the presents for my sister and I, and we lit the candles, all that bullshit. And then before anyone had a chance to think, I ran over to the Sega, opened it up, and then just, like, wildly overcompensated, you know? Like a bad actor. Like, I got up, I was like, what? Sega? Whoa! You know, I was, like, jumping up and down and screaming. I kissed my dad on the cheek. At one point, I did a cartwheel, and as it was happening, I was like, this is effeminate. <laughs> but I knew, I was like, I need to sell this. I need to sell this. I need to sell this. And I guess I sold it, because it's my dad's happiest memory. <laughs> How fucked up is that? I'm going to go soon. I just want to tell this quick thing and get out of here. I, um, like I said, I'm Jewish, but I'm not like Jewish Jewish. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, like, go to temple or keep kosher or, or like, try to convince people Munich was a good movie. <laughs> but I did, I, go, I, I went to a Jewish summer camp. Um, I think the most Jewish thing about me is that I suffer from irritable bowel syndrome, like, <laughs> severe irritable bowel syndrome. And actually, the, the day I learned that, I was at Jewish summer camp, my first night at Jewish summer camp, I was 10 years old. 11 years old, my, my, um, we were driving to Wisconsin. I was in a minivan with my parents and going to Wisconsin. The whole time I was just yelling at my parents like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. This is scary. I don't want to go. And my mom had just like, she just snapped. She turned around. And she's like, you're going to go. You're going to have fun and you're going to find God.
0: <laughs>
4: all right. And then to like ease my concerns, she goes, and you have nothing to worry about. I wrote your name inside all your socks and underwear. <laughs> as if that was what I was concerned about, you know? So we get to my Jewish summer camp. My parents drop me off. I'm meeting all these other kids. And it's like, it's so weird. They're like, just like, hi, I'm Joe, I'm Jewish. And he's like, hey, I'm Seth, I'm Jewish. It's like, all right, I guess we're best friends now, you know? And this particular night was Shabbat. And if you don't know what Shabbat is, it's like the baller night in Judaism. <laughs> you like eat bread or whatever. And so I did that, I ate a lot of bread, ate a lot of chicken. That's, that's a lot of chicken, like a lot of greasy chicken. And then right after dinner at this camp, there's uh, uh, Israeli dancing. So I went and just, like, danced my Israeli ass off, like, really let things churn. And then after dinner, we went to bed. And I remember even getting into bed and being like, it's not so bad here. I think I'm going to like this. <laughs> went to bed. And I don't know if this has happened to anyone here, but have you ever woken up in the middle of the night and known you had, like, ten seconds before you just shit all over yourself. Do you know that feeling? Because that's what happened to me. I woke up just like jolted awake, just like a countdown, like 10, nine, eight. And I'm in a top bunk. I'm like going down the ladder like seven, six, five. I put on my flip flops, kick open the door to my cabin, four, three. And at three, I just exploded. I had like seven seconds, I guess. I was probably like 80 pounds at the time and yet 74 pounds of matter came out of my body. It was crazy, it was like an IED went off in my stomach. It was crazy, the, the splash zone, it was like 10 feet in front of me, 10 feet behind me. I'm just speaking the truth, this is just giving you accurate description. There was shit, there was a, a blast zone of shit that was like all over the grass, all over the steps of my cabin. I don't know if I mentioned this, the first night I'd ever been away from home ever, I was just standing there in the dark, like, well, what do you do now? Like, do you just stand here and wait for someone to find you? That seems foolish. So I went with plan B. I just ran into the woods. Just ran into the woods with no plan, just getting hit in the face with branches. I ran for, like, Five or ten minutes, I get to this big structure at my camp that had all the toilets and showers. It was called Noah's Ark, obviously. <laughs> First thing I did, I threw away all my shitty clothes. Then I grabbed all this hand soap and then took, like, the most shameful shower of my life. But then I was, I was still sick, right? I was, like, violently ill. So then for the next three hours, I was just running from the shower to the toilet, back to the shower. I used up all the hand soap. It was horrifying it was like a living nightmare just like weeping the whole time the Sun came up and then it was like finally like I was empty and clean but then all that meant I was just naked and wet and had to get back to my cabin somehow I must have looked like the tiniest most shy little Bigfoot I was like running behind trees like covering myself with like a fig leaf or whatever like it was terrible Somehow no one knows me. I get back to my cabin. I jump over my own shit. I crawl back into bed, cry myself to sleep. (laughs) What if that was the end of the joke? Brooklyn, thank you. Good night. (laughs) Cry myself to sleep. I wake up two hours later. My bunkmate, Seth, wakes me up. He's like, dude, wake up. Wake up. Did you hear? Did you hear about the bear? (laughs) Right? Right? I go outside. The rest of my cabin, everyone else in my cabin is standing in a semicircle around my crime scene, right? My bunkmate, Seth, he grabs me. And to this day, I've never seen anyone more excited about anything in my life. He looks at me deep in my eyes and he goes, dude, a bear shit on our cabin last night. And I look back, I look at my cabin mates, all these little liars. They're like, I saw it, I saw it. <laughs> And I'm not joking, it was the first time in my life I ever had... I was just like, oh, my mom was right. God is real. Like, God is real. God is great. Like, how else do you explain the night I had, and here I am in the daylight, everyone thinks a fucking bear shit on our cabin. Our counselor's just standing there like, it must have been a tiny bear. Like, he's just trying to think it out, like, logistically. But I felt faith. I felt faith, and I never had that feeling before. And it lasted me like 30 minutes, 40 40 minutes, because we ate breakfast. And then after breakfast, we went to brush our teeth in Noah's Ark. And someone in my cabin found a pair of boxer shorts covered in shit with my name written on the inside. It's true. And then I was like, fuck, God is dead. Fuck God. Uh, You guys have been awesome. I gotta go. Thank you.
2: There's a lot going on right now, around the world, around the country, and right here in the New York area, so we're trying something new. WNYC is teaming up with NPR and All Things Considered for a new daily news podcast called Consider This. Catch up on the day's news in a quick 20 minutes to keep you informed about what's happening in our community alongside the most important national stories so you can make sense of the day. Listen to Consider This from NPR and WNYC weekdays wherever you get your podcasts.
1: How are you guys feeling? Good? Oh, uh, yes. YQYE. <laughs> Jess is dying in the inside right now. <laughs> Just do this, let out one YQY. I'll do it for your birthday. Okay. YQYE. Woo! That's great. I actually haven't seen you in a while.
3: We just saw each other like two days ago. I know,
1: <laughs> but it feels like a while. Do you ever feel weird watching sex scenes with your friends? Not with my friends, but it, I don't like watching movies with my parents anymore because there's literally sex stuff in every yeah, single... It's like- you turn on, like, an episode of Scandal, and they're just, like, boning. You're like, this is ABC! Yeah. It's so awkward. And I remember we watched that movie. I think it was Due Date with Zach Galifianakis and Robert Downey Jr. Uh-huh. And it's really funny, but there's that one scene where Zach Efron is jerking off in a car. Ugh. And it was, like, the scene was, like, it was going to go for a really long time to make everyone uncomfortable. And I was like, I am sitting next to my dad yeah.
3: it's like so disrespectful like they should say it on the previews yeah
1: just be like there's gonna be an H.J. in here like do yeah. you do you wanna go with Octavia and I would yeah. click no and I'd be like I'm gonna go see Trolls in 3D like I would make that decision <laughs> I'm
3: gonna go see Secret Life of
1: Pets with my mom <laughs> there's like a sex scene in there <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you look stunning. I love that you're wearing a Led Zeppelin T-shirt. Thank you very much. You're standing in your truth. Yeah, you know, just own it. I got a white bay. You got a white bay. Yeah, his tastes <laughs> just rub off. Oh, so you didn't listen to Led Zeppelin before Bay? Led Zeppelin's great. I mean, how is that possible? Um, I don't know. I I don't know. I
3: I feel like sometimes a lot of people you grow up with the music of your parents yeah. <laughs> so what, what did your parents listen to um, just a lot of like Motown Souls that's nice. um, kind of the deal like a lot of Earth, Wind, and Fire Yeah. and it would be like funny because whenever they would come on it just makes like parents dance together like Earth, Wind, and Fire yeah. I think possesses both parents and it's <laughs> like look like they're going to fuck. You know what I mean? <laughs> and um, My parents, whenever it come on, they'd always turn to me and be like, mm, girl, what you know about this? And I'd be like, you guys play it all the time. Like, I know a lot about it. They're like, girl, you was made to this song. Uh, your
1: mom said that? Yeah, my parents no. say shit like that all the time.
3: My parents are so very much in love with each other. Did I ever tell you... Um, that my mom, sometimes she'll like pop her booty cause she's got like a big butt. And my dad will be like, woo, woo, woo. And my mom will be like making Hamburger Helper. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then he'll be like, mm, that must be jelly cause jam don't shake like
1: that. Zatarans. <laughs> That's literally horrifying. That's literally horrifying. Like I thought I had it bad because my mom likes to call my dad. She likes to call him Big Daddy. (laughs) Yo, Big Daddy is lit though. That's fucking trife. You guys tried being married for like a thousand years. I just don't need to hear it when I'm like fucking on Snapchat. Like, I don't need to have that in my yeah, head. I fucking love it. I feel like it's like. Wait, you old... love calling your significant other daddy? No, I love what older people do to fucking get
3: freaky and stay in the mood. Because oh, it's okay, like true. you're together for a long ass time. If you got to call him Big Daddy or Daddy Yankee, <laughs> <you> do it. <laughs> Start calling my boyfriend Daddy Yankee. <laughs> As soon as I said it, I was like, oh, me, me. That's just for me. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm so, so very excited about our next comedian. Oh, my god! Um, she is a real dear, dear friend of Tudo Queens. She's, one, like, one of our
1: favorite people of all time. Please give it up for Naomi F.
0: Thank you. Thank you. This feels right. How do you guys feel about this jacket? I feel very salt and pepper. Really? Thank you. Thank you. You know, I don't normally do a pattern, but I said, you know what? Let's push it real good. I decided to. It also helps, you know, sometimes you want to wear a jacket to hide your belly. I'm at a crossroads, y'all. It's like I want to get healthy, but I don't know how. You know what I mean? Like, I do. Like, it's funny. I was like, I told myself I would do a juice cleanse today, I just ate two slices of pizza. Yeah. So that's my process, you know? I got to figure it out. I want to do it, but it's like, I don't know what the right thing is. You know what I mean? Because, like, I used to drink to feel pretty. Now I eat to feel nothing. So you know that affects <laughs> most of the choices I make in the kitchen, you know? So I told myself recently, I was like, okay. I'm going to go to a nutritionist, okay? Go to a professional, figure out what the hell you're supposed to do with a shallot, okay? (laughs) That's what I said. I said I'd do it, you know? Now, I done canceled the appointment twice. (laughs) But I will tell you why, though. I have a good reason. Because it's like, before you go to a nutritionist, you have to keep a food journal for two weeks. You got to write down everything you eat and what time you eat it for two weeks straight. And it's like, I get a day and a half into this food journal, and I'm like, I see. You know, you know, it's right there in black and white, you know. At which point I can't justify spending the copay to just bring this to a professional for them to be like, do you see? You know, I can't do it. Can't do it. I couldn't get it together. I couldn't do it, you know? But I want to do it because, you know, I'm engaged, and so, like, eventually, it's like, that's sweet, but honey, we've been engaged so long. It's like... Because the whole thing is, like, I'm not, like, a wedding person. You know, like I, like, I... I'm not a planner. I feel like... You know what I mean? Like, to do a... I'm broke, right? So when you're broke, a wedding is basically just an elaborate arts and crafts project. You know what I'm saying? And so, like to so pull it off right, I gotta have my own Etsy store. You know what I'm saying? I gotta be crafty. I gotta be doing, like, origami invitations, you know? And I don't have that skill. And then, like, plus just the process of, like, planning it, the, the guest list has gotten to me. You know what I'm saying? Because you know what has got me doing now? Because once you, know, you start breaking down them numbers, you start monetizing bitches. You know what I'm saying? You start looking at people like, are you worth a $90 chicken breast? Most people aren't. You know? You worth a bagel with cream cheese on your best day. You know? So I'm trying to make this listen. I can't make it work. Got me too angry. I'll figure, I mean, at this point, it's like, you just gonna get an Evite to come to my house and have a six-foot party sub. Like, I don't know what we gonna do. We gonna figure something out. We gotta do it, you know? Oh, my God, today I was in therapy talking about how... Like, who else? Like, it's just like, oh, being black is so stressful right now. You know, I'm feeling so extra stressed out about it. You know, a little extra something to do. It's like, ridiculous. Like, I'm on edge. I'm on edge now. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, it's like, I don't know who to trust. It's like, if you are lighter than a paper bag, I am checking you. You know what I'm saying? Eyes up. Eyes up. You know? Everyone's a suspect. But when you're on edge like that, you know, no place is safe. You can never get comfortable. I find it's worse for me, like, when I am in Brooklyn. But I'm going to tell you why. Because there's a specific breed of hipster dude, okay? The dude who's got, like, the sleeve tattoos, okay? The trucker cap, the beard to hide his identity, you know? And now cause I'm already on edge, you know what I'm saying? Everybody is suspect, I'm looking at him sideways on a dark street. You know what I'm saying? Looking at him like, um, are you a white supremacist or do you brine your own pickles? You know. And the whole thing is you ain't gonna know till it's too late. You know? That's why I'm on edge. Fucking checking them, you know. It's so crazy. Like this, okay, this is, I don't even know if this is a bit. I mean, I just feel like, how did white people convince anybody they were to master race when they go outside and turn colors in 30 minutes? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like if you are the first to die from sun exposure, that's not mastery. You know? I'm serious. Jesus, you don't went from alabaster to crimson. Something's up, you know? Yeah, Honey, think about it the next time you're putting on SPF 70. It's like, who's really in charge here? Me, me. I'm just trying to blow the whistle on this thing. I'm trying to blow the whistle on this sunburn thing, you know? I mean, we all get it. It just takes us longer to get the burn, you know? Oh, my God, you guys. You guys. Where are we at emotionally? <laughs> Oh, God, I don't know what to do. You know, I got myself a Jew boo, a Jewish boo. You're familiar. Thank you. That's really nice. That's really nice. Yeah, 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 And like, even though we don't have a wedding date, it's like crazy how people, how excited people are for us to have a kid. You know what I mean? Just because like, I'm black and he white. People are just like, oh my God, your baby's going to be so cute. Oh my God, your baby's going to be so cute. I cannot wait for you to have a baby because it's going to be so cute. And it's like, I have never seen so many people turn up for something just because it's going to be beige. You know? That's it. That's it. They're just like into this taupe. You know what I'm saying? It's like, ugh, I'm not having one, okay? I'm not. I don't care how pretty and taupe it's going to be. I don't care how ecru. I don't have it in me. I can't be a parent. Honey, you know I'm very delicate look, I can't even do stand-up standing up. So, like, should I be a mother, you know? No. Because, like, when I think about having kids, like, all the reasons I would have kids are not good enough reasons to have kids. You know what I mean? Like, number one, I want to see what it would look like. You know? Like, would I make an attractive human, right? You know what I mean? Like, can I do that? And then it's like, you know, I want to be able to say I'm eating for two without people judging me, you know? You know? And then number three, I want to be able to board airplanes first. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to live that zone one life, you know? Get that extra time. That's not why you make a baby. That ain't why you have a child, (laughs) you know? It's, like, ridiculous. Because, like, to be a good parent, you basically got to wake up and be like, it's about them, you know? You got to put that kid first. But for how long? How long do you do it? And what if it's an asshole? (laughs) You know? It could be an asshole. Or it could major in something useless, like philosophy. (laughs) And then it's like, your kid is like 32, and it's like back from their language immersion. You know what I'm saying? It's like, no, you need a job! (laughs) I say that as someone who studied film, so come on. (laughs) It's like real talk. What am I doing, you know? Real talk, what journey are we on, you know? You guys, just think on that for the rest of your night. Thank you.
3: for our last comic of
1: the night. This woman is hilarious. She's been Comedy Central's comics to watch. She has albums out. She's been writing on a bunch of TV shows, and she has a half hour coming out on Comedy Central. Please give it up for Emily (laughs) Heller!
2: guys, how are you? Good. Happy to be here, you guys. Um, I became an aunt recently. Thank you. Thank you. My sister did most of the work, but I was right there texting. Um, It's cool. Uh, You know, it's weird. I really thought my parents loved me until they became grandparents, And it turns out they were giving me about 50%. I know what their love looks like now. It's a new thing. I hadn't seen yet. It's fine. It's just, you know, I'm the youngest of three. This is the first grandkid. Up until he came along, I was still the youngest, therefore the cutest. That's how that works. I had a good 30-year run. It ended very abruptly. That's all I'm saying. We've got a photo stream on our phones. Anytime my sister takes a picture of the baby they add it to the photo stream, we get a notification on our phones, there's a new picture of the baby. If we hang out with the baby, we can add a picture. That's not what I use it for. (laughs) What I like to do is I like to upload pictures of myself doing just whatever the baby was doing in the last picture. (laughs) But like, a little bit better You know what I mean? With more dexterity. He's cuter than me. I'll give him that, but I put the triangle block right in the triangle hole. First try. None of this banging around on the box bullshit. It's gotta be worth something. I have a boyfriend, which is fine. No. No. Don't woo. It's not better. It's not worse. It's just the same. You know what I mean? It didn't fix it. You know? Like... It's the same. You know, I cried before sometimes, I cry now sometimes. <laughs> Honestly, the only thing that has changed is the reason I'm crying. <laughs> I at least knew why I was crying before, you know? I was, it was, I was crying because I was alone. It was very clear. Now the reasons are, like, a lot vaguer, more abstract... It's like I'm crying because one of us raised our voices while we were talking about The Wire. And it was me. I raised my voice. That's not a good reason. There are some things that are better about being in a relationship. Uh, Seesaws. Way better with another person. That is like night and day. And that's it. No. Sex is good with another person. But it was pretty good when it was just me. I'm not going to act like that wasn't tight. Oh, we've got some masturbators in the house. Thanks for taking a break, coming out. Good to see you. I know how much you gave up to be here. Uh, my boyfriend's very nice. He's friends with all his ex-girlfriends. Uh, which I actually take as a good sign. You know, it means he didn't serial kill them. (laughs) They're all still around, walking, talking, on speaking terms with him. That's reassuring to me. The only thing I don't like about it is, I just feel like that sets a very unfair precedent for me. You know, for how cool he expects me to be when we break up (laughs) and that's not gonna happen, right? I'm gonna burn his house down. I don't care if he breaks up with me or I break up with him. I'm burning it to the ground. I love him, he's so nice. I'm burning it to the ground. We just moved in together. I don't have a backup plan on where to live. I'm burning it to the ground really understand people who stay friends with their exes after a breakup like why would you want to stay friends with the one person who knows what's really wrong with you put that person on a rocket ship to the moon i don't need to see them ever again i don't definitely don't need them hanging around in my life ready to warn all the new people i'm trying to trick that's a liability i can't afford It doesn't make me feel good if they want to be my friend, because that's someone who's looked inside of me, really seen me, and then said, no. (laughs) I'd rather go to the movies with literally anyone else in my iPhone contacts. We don't have to do this. It's not a consolation. If an ex wants to stay friends with me after a breakup, they want to take this big, wide relationship, narrow it down to one little sliver, it's not a consolation. Get all the way gone. Like, is it any consolation to you if you get fired from your job and your boss is like, but hey, uh, if you want, you can still come use the microwave. (laughs) I know how much you like that when you worked here. Uh, You guys have been so great. I'm Emily Haller. Please enjoy the rest of your night.
1: Emily Heller, Naomi Ekberigan, and Joe Mandy. Tito Queens is produced by Joanna Salataroff, Jim Poyant, Paula Schumann, and Rachel Neal. Our team includes Joe Plord, Ed Haber, Isaac Jones, Jeremy Bloom, Hey Boo, Alexander Overington, Matt Boynton, and Shanoah Strada Our theme music was composed by Jeff Brodsky.
3: And guess what, guys, gals and gender non-conforming individuals, have you seen our Instagram? It's got selfies. It's got fan art. It's got behind the scenes photos and videos. So follow that gram, dude. Follow that gram. Follow that gram
1: at 2 Queens. (laughs) Yes, and as always, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. It makes a huge diff, I promise. Thanks for listening.
3: And okay. you were like on a raft, Okay. and you had to like either pull up Bono because he was like freezing in the water, or Michael Fassbender. Who would you pull up?
1: So I think I will pull up both, and then we will Menage to stay warm. Yeah, dude. Use menage to stay warm. Yeah, dude. Get that Menage on. Nicki Menage to
3: stay warm. <laughs>